So we are in a series called Christmas Songs, and we're looking into these uh, the lyrics of songs that have transcended the ages, and we're gleaning into the words to see what spiritual significance we can pull out of each song. Today we're looking at a favorite Christmas song called Away in the Manger. How many of you are familiar with that one? Sang, probably a lot of you sang it when you were a child, a little one. Now, if you thought, if you were thought, or some of you were displeased or not happy that I messed with, oh, come all you faithful, you are not going to like what I'm going to do with this song today. I can tell you now. <laughs> you know, we don't know how the song came to be. Other than that, you know, there's all thoughts, you know, different ideas. But for the most part, it's agreed that it, it came to be in a, a Lutheran Sunday school in 1885. Uh, music was put to it in about 1895, and then it just kept going uh, to become one of the most famous Christmas songs of all time. And it's popular uh, often amongst children because, uh, you know, it's easy to, uh, to learn the lyrics, and the words sort of depict and give, you, give one the image, uh, sort of really quaint, nice, warm image of what happened that glorious Christmas night. Let's go through the lyrics quickly. Away in a manger, no crib for his bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing. I don't know what lowing is. Lowing? Okay, my wife says they're lowing. In Brooklyn, we low. Here you low, okay? The cattle are lowing. The poor baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the night sky, and stay by my side till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus. What? Oh, I thought you were correcting me again. <laughs> Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. <laughs> Not taking you out at all no more. <laughs> Close by me forever, and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and take us to heaven to live with thee there, to live with thee there. So it'd be easy to look at this song and, and, and see it uh, and limit it to this sweet, simple, tender children's Christmas song. And yet if you pause to really consider the depths of the words, you perhaps would get this glimpse of the magnificent and most important event that took place that night. And, and maybe perhaps one of the most, if not the most important uh, truth that comes out in this song towards us of what happened that night. Now, most likely, although when we think of the, uh, this depiction, we, we consider that the baby Jesus was born in maybe a quaint barn, uh, you know, or maybe a nice wooden ensemble there, you know, and yet in reality, as we know, most of us, some of us know that more likely Jesus was born in what resembled more of a cave, right? And, and, that anim, and, and an animal trough, meaning literally a, another a stone, a, a rock carved out to drop food, you know, uh, to feed the animals in. And, and yet, no matter which image you, we look at, the more comfortable warm one with, you know, the quaint one or the kind of more Neanderthal, rough, really kind of deplorable condition one that Jesus was born into, either way, you might not get the truth or grasp who Jesus really was. 
and who Jesus is. And yet this song, Away in the Manger, reminds us again and again who Jesus is. And it's a short phrase that's repeated again and again. The Lord Jesus. The little Lord Jesus. And so be careful, don't miss out on this powerful truth which tells us Jesus is Lord. Everyone say that with me. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. And, and, and this is, it's foundational to our faith. It was what, it, it, it was magnificent what was happening at night, that the Lord has come amongst us. He was Lord then, he is Lord now. And recognizing and embracing that Jesus is Lord is the most important, critical, impacting decision that you can make this Christmas season. There's no greater gift that you can give to your loved ones, to even yourself, than to say Jesus is Lord. Now the word Lord is not a commonly used word in our culture. Certainly, people outside the church would be uncomfortable with it. Even people amongst us here, it's not something we use. It's, you know, it kind of has a, kind of indicates like this medieval, you know, harsh ruler or Lord Vader, right? You know, Darth Vader, something along those lines. But from the very beginning, Jesus is described using this word, Lord. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 12, it says, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So from his birth, God made Jesus known to this world as the Lord. And not just any baby, but the Savior and the Lord of the world. And this, I, I, do, I think what I'm bringing you here today and what we're going to want, what we're going to go into applies to all. If you've never been to church before, if, you're, if you don't believe in God, if you don't, you know, if you can just sit tight today and hear this, if you can believe that God in his sovereignty and his love of you, his creation brought you in here to get this truth today, it will change your life because it was meant to change your life and to change our lives. You see, when Jesus is Lord, that truth changes our life. Jesus is Lord. What does that truth mean to you and me here today, right here and right now? What does it mean for our everyday life? What does it mean for our relationships? The words we read that we read there in Luke chapter 2, that word Lord, when it, was, when it was originally written, it was written in a Greek language and then transferred over eventually into English. But the word there, Lord, in the Greek, the word used was curious. Curios. The word there means, in the original language, supreme authority, controller, Lord. Controller. We see that word and it's like, uh-oh, right? <laughs> Where is he going with this? That's a problem now, right? Well, as soon as we see that word control, there's like a hesitancy. Uh, as I say, the filters go up and, and there's a pullback, a hesitation. And that's because we know ingrained in the depth of our minds that we want to be in control. 
some of us need to be in control. And that's a conflict. That's a serious conflict because there can't be two lords of one life, right? See, now me, I, I don't really struggle here. I'm not a very controlling person, if you know me well, you know? Yeah. I mean, as long as everybody does what I say, it's cool. As long as everything goes the way I want, it's cool. There's no reason for me to get involved and get controlling, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm growing, am I not? Yeah, so three people said yes. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Look, we do. We, we, we like to, we just generally, we like to be in control. Most of us, even more than each one of us, might realize we like to control. We like to protect. We like, we like to do what we can do to either survive or thrive, to live out that picture that we've created in our head, regardless of how just off pace it might be. We have these expectations of ourselves, of our spouses, of our children, that sometimes are just detached from really what is best for them and for us, and certainly of our faith even. You know, some of you already have your Christmas all planned out the way it needs to be, right? And it very rarely goes that way anyway, huh? And that's because you can't control life, right? I mean, we think we can, but we can't. And in that, it just has to go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, we get anxious. We're actually getting anxious leading up to it. And then I think when it doesn't go away, we get angry or depressed or sad or bothered or frustrated. Sometimes with ourselves and perhaps with people around us, you know, Merry Christmas. I want control. I need control. I live to control. <laughs> From the moment I get up in the morning, I am already forecasting what I need to do to keep going and to stay in control. And yet most of life really is lived out of control. If Jesus is Lord, the controller, then you can't be in control. And if you're resisting that and pushing back against that, you're going to have some inconsistency, some gaps, some voids significantly in your, this relationship with Jesus. Why should you make Jesus Lord of your life? Why is that important? Because he loves you. It's so much about love. The extent that he controls your life is the extent that you receive his love. I believe this with all my heart. It's all about love to the extent that you trust him. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, obey my commands. Obey my commandments if you love me. Some people say, when you love him, you'll obey. Either way, there is love coming in here. So this relationship between you and Jesus is built on love and trust. And we first love him because he loved us, right? We, he loved us first. <laughs> Back in the cinema. He loved us first, and that's why we love him. He gave his life for us, and that's why we love him, and we trust him. So when you surrender your life, when you surrender your, the control of your life, another dirty word, surrendering, right? You've got this deeper connection with Jesus in every area of your life, maybe in that particular area of your life, and you see an increase in the blessing in these areas of your life because you're trusting in him. So how, how do we do this? How do we turn our lives over to Jesus? 
I, 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 listen, it took me years. First, I was introduced to the faith at 17 years old in a wonderful way. I, I, I mean, a, just a, such a genuine, heartfelt way. People taking me into their homes, loving me, caring for me, sacrificially pouring money into me and, and blessing me. I mean, what, a, what an incredible display of, of Christianity that I got. And yet still over the years, I struggled because I could not give up control. I, I could not just let it go. I could not turn my life over to Jesus. And you know, I, I got that. You know, I didn't kind of like knock. I didn't find ways to knock church and knock God and, oh, this is hypocrite. I, I got it, man. You know, that's a, it, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, some people are screwed up in the area, but they're even more, just as much or more screwed up out here, <laughs> you know. And yeah, there's some hypocrites, but there's a lot of hypocrites out here too, you know. I've been in both places. There's more, for the most part, those Christians in those churches, they're, they're, they're nice people. They're good people, you know. But, you know, and it's a good thing. If you live your life that way, it's, it's, it's good. It's, you know, if you actually, if you live it the way it says, it's, all, it's really good, but I just can't do it. I just can't give up control. I can't give up living the way I do. This is what gets me by. This is how I survive. I, I just, I can't trust in it. If you can, cool, good, you know? I just couldn't do it. So how do we do it? And the first question I've got for you is this. Have you received God's gift of salvation? Have you truly received the gift of salvation? Have you, and if you have, have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? The Bible says that this is a gift from God. And that this gift of salvation is given to us so that we can be saved from the consequences of our sins. And it is significant to see it this way. Because then you grasp the wonder of the gift. You see, sin is where we've chosen to take control of our lives. Or, or said another way, to the extent, they go hand in hand. To the extent that you take control is often to the extent that you will sin, right? And God says, I've created you. I loved you. Let me have control of your life. Yet sin will separate us from God. And the more we take control, we're turning from God. We're, we're, we're distancing ourselves from God. Most of all, we risk separation from God of eternity, from being with God forever in heaven. Jesus came into this world that first Christmas so that we would be able to overcome the consequences of our sins. This is the great gift of God, so that we could be made right with God if we have received and believed that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, you see that word again, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to notice this. It says there that you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And here's a diff I'm going to say something, and, and uh, you know, I went over a few times, and it, it's kind of difficult to say, but I believe it's to be true. It is true. Jesus can't be your Savior if he's not your Lord. Yeah. I get it, too. Jesus can't be your Savior if he's not your Lord. 
And there's this kind of idea. Some people will profess it and say it as what they believe is to be a theological truth. Well, Jesus can be my Savior, but not my Lord. And it just cannot be. Now, some won't say that, but the way they live out their life, it might seemingly profess that. Jesus can't be your Savior, the one who, who blesses you. Or, or Jesus is my Savior. He blesses me. He saves me from hopelessness. He helps me. And yet that same Jesus is not my Lord. The two just don't fit. This is a serious delusion that people have. The idea that I can take this magnificent gift, the idea that I have received this magnificent gift of salvation from God, and it's not going to significantly impact and affect my life, just cannot be. We see this disconnect. Salvation comes when we recognize and embrace Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, yes? The little Lord Jesus. If Jesus is not impacting the way you make decisions in your life, if Jesus, you know, isn't, you know, the central figure of your life, then you want to ask your question, is Jesus my Lord? Do, do, do I believe and am I seeing and embracing Jesus as, 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 as that child, that infant, that God sent into this world to be my Savior? Am, am I seeing all this the way God intended? Do I know him as he was meant to be known by me personally, intimately? Do I really believe in him? Do I belong to him? So, you know, when, I, when Christy and I, you know, got married, I guess you could say when she gave me, when we, you know, a magnificent day, and, uh, you know, there we are at the altar, and, and Christy gives me a ring. I, uh, I never, I've never taken the, the ring. I, 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 I mean, I might take it off for a second, to, but I, there's not, not been a day in my life since, we, since she put that ring on my finger that I have not had this ring on my finger. I do. I, I cherish my wife. I cherish my marriage. Now, when she gave me that ring, it didn't cost me anything. She just put it on my finger. It cost me zero. Once I received the gift, what did it cost me? It cost me everything, man. <laughs> it did, right? I mean, I committed my life to her. My life no longer was just my own. Occasionally, I think it is, but it's not. And with her own sweet smile, look, she'll remind me that it's not, right? My life is not my own. It is to be shared with Christy. My sorrows, my joys, my dreams, it is to be shared with her. This is what happened there at that altar. This ring, which when she gave it to me and I received it, cost me nothing. Yet once I took it in, cost me, you know, cost me everything, right? We now belong to each other. Listen, Jesus gave his life for you. He died for you. And God, through that, offers this free gift to you of eternal life, salvation. It costs you nothing, costs Jesus everything. But, and, and when you receive it now, you give all you have to it. Am I articulating this well? 
you belong to him. You surrender to him being Lord of your life. Your life is no longer your own. And that's a beautiful thing. It really is. I didn't say you don't have a life. I said the one you have is, the one you have is no longer your own. Your life is now to be surrendered to Jesus. And now you get to share in a life that was, is beyond what you could have ever dreamed of, what you could have expected, one that you've even imagined, as the Bible tells us. You must know Jesus as Lord. Otherwise, you can't really know Jesus. Have you accepted that free gift of salvation? And, and, and if you have, have you done it under the understanding that Jesus is your Savior and your Lord? And in doing that, it's changing your life and is intended to change your life. Today, you can do that. You can ask Jesus to come into your life to inhabit you as Savior and Lord to control your life, to lead your life, to guard your life, to provide for your life, to increase blessings in every area of your life. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The one who has saved me is the one who leads me and guides me. Well, that's a pretty good fit, isn't it, right? Jesus, I made that decision. I did. Inevitably, I came to that place at 28 and said, okay, you know, and I wasn't in a desperate place. I wasn't, and which is cool to be in. Most people are in turmoil, trouble, or transition when they come to God. That's okay. In a sense, it's, it, we come to the end of ourselves and we realize, whoa, you know, <laughs> I need God. Good for you. I wasn't necessarily there, but I definitely came to this place of realizing that, wow, all that I'm seeing, all that I'm experiencing, this, this Jesus thing, there was something about it that what it was doing in me really made me most kind of, it was the best I was, the way I thought, the way I, my emotions, the way I acted, this was it. And of all I've seen, being in New York and, you know, on St. Mark Street, Times Square, the Bowery, Brooklyn, all that I've seen, this really does seem to make the most sense. And it is the most effective. But all that said, Something happened in me that I can't get away from. Why the heck am I even thinking about God right now? Why won't this leave me? Why does it keep coming after me? Why do I even care? Why am I even wrestling with this? And I said, because I, you know what? This is a God, and he's clearly reaching out to me, and he wants to know me. And then I got in so many words, what I probably summed, what I summed up was, <laughs> he wants me to know him as the one, right? Not one foot in, one foot out, not some of Dave, some of this. No, no, he wants me to trust him and to believe that he is God. That is God, that's a God. And Jesus is going to run my life. I'm going to trust in this Jesus. And I can tell you right there, sitting on that board of Coney Island, when I came to this conclusion, it was like, you know, I had my G. I didn't. I wrestled for weeks with what I came, even knowing it, even, I still wrestled for weeks until that time came when I said yes. I'm going to submit my life to Jesus. Even then, within a half hour, I got woozy. I, oh, should I do this? This is going to be, I, but that was it. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. And as much as I knew how to do it right then and now, I'm going to set out to do it. Every area of my life, 
all of my life is now on the table. All the chips are in. And that's what happens, I think, to some of us. We put some of it on a table, but we keep some of it back, right? We do it. Sometimes we just simply know, do it knowingly, and sometimes we kind of do it, you know, we, we play around in our conscience, like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put that up, and, you know, it's like a bargaining thing. I'll, I'll give you this, and I'll keep this much back. We kind of partially surrender to Jesus, right? And I'm going to ask you, have you submitted every area of your life to Jesus? In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says this, kind of tough words. And he's saying this to those around him. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Look, I'm not saying that we're, 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 uh, we're, we're, we do every, we're perfect. No, no, no. We sin, we fall forward. We sin, we fall forward. We say, God, have mercy, forgive me. Knowing that I'm forgiven, I'm made right because of what Jesus did for me. And that, Lord, I, I put my life in your hands. Thank you for that forgiveness. God, have mercy on me. I can't do everything right, but I could right every wrong, and I trust in you. But that's different from knowingly, continually living out in a certain area of my life apart from God, right? Knowing that this really is not on the table, and if it is, it's going to be proportionally on the table, just enough that I can hold it, right? I'm not going to let this area of my life go. I'm not just going to say, you know what? Hey, just God, take it, and I am, I am simply jumping off the cliff, man, God. Man, if you don't catch me... It's splat, <laughs> okay? Every logical thing that I know tells me I can't live without this. I need this. I need to be in control of what's going to happen in my future, of what's going to happen with my finances, what's going to happen in this relationship, of I can't be alone, of what's going to... I need to hold this. I need to. But I could, we can work something out here. We, we, just, we can proportionally... You can kind of have an influence here. You can be an accessory here. You, we can involve you here, but I will dictate the terms in this area of my life. Maybe this area you can have all of it, but this one here, I am going to hold on to it. This is where I need to be in control. Have you submitted every area of your life to Jesus? And what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 6, 46, he's saying, hey, let's stop this. That's what he's telling his people around him. He's saying, hey, why are you calling me Lord? What are you doing here? I know you know I'm not. I'm not the Lord of your life. Maybe I'm Lord of part of your life, but really, if that's the case, am I Lord of your life at all? Jesus is saying, stop pretending and start following. And with He's calling out to us today. And it could be a day just as glorious as any, that this is the greatest Christmas of all, is the, is the Christmas that we decided we're going to stop negotiating, stop pretending, and we are going to start following Jesus. We are going to give him control of every air of our life. He's calling us. He's calling us to a greater perspective of life, to a greater place in our life. And this is where we get stuck, huh? We kind of begin to wrestle, you know? It, it, you know, it, when it comes to surrendering these particular areas of our life. It's not so much that we can't, it's just that we won't. Oh, it's, it's hard. I've, I've been, I truly have been there, and, and it, it's a never-ending way for me. Certainly, as time goes on, I've got some more air under my wings. I've got an incredible support system that I've put in place. But truly, I do grasp how difficult this is. 
but it's not a matter of can't, it's a matter of won't, and you need to know that. We, we, we do, we, we have these ways, and I'm gonna kick it, where uh, we, when I talk to people often, I do something, and I know it annoys you, I do, I know it, but I do it anyway. That if, if you're in the middle of a difficulty and you call me up or you're in a crisis or something's going on and you'll say, you know, I just, and I'll be like, excuse me, what, what, what? What'd you say? So, what, what do you mean? Just say that again. Well, you know, he, I just, I said, what do you mean I just? What do you mean? I just. People will say to me all the time when they're like, they're in a situation with their husband or their wife or their kids or work or something. You know, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just. And what I eventually bring them to, which I cannot stand, is that word is they're justifying who they are and who they've been and how they are. And we do it so quickly, don't we? It's like, it's normal. It's okay to be like that. It's all right. He can't, she can't, be, I can. See, it's just normal for us to be in particular ways that we've established when we've taken control and stay in control. It's just the way I am. I had a 45-minute conversation because somebody said that to me earlier in the week. <laughs> I'm sure when I got off the phone, they probably banged their head against the wall. <laughs> but they got it. God didn't call us to be just the way we are. He called us that he would, that he would glorify himself through us and do magnificent, great, wonderful things through us, truly. Let's trust in Jesus as Lord in every area of our life, right? Not Lord, you could be area, my Lord in this area, but not in areas with my relationship, not areas with sexuality. Lord, you know, you can be, uh, okay, you can be Lord in this area, but not, in, not when it comes to my finances. Lord, you could be Lord in this area, and, and you could have most of it, if not all of this, but when it comes to how I'm going to govern my home and, 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 and how relationships, my, and with my, no, my marriage, no. You know, I got that. I've got this one. It's like we know what to do, but we just won't do it. Jesus is not looking for part-time followers, right? He did not call us to be part-time followers. He called us to be ambassadors. He called us to be conquerors. He called us to take down the gates of hell. You and me, this is what he's calling us to. He's calling us to greater things. And when we keep control of particular areas of our life, we are just, man, we're carrying a, a ball and chain, man. We're, we're, we're dogging ourselves. We're tripping ourselves up. We're entangling ourselves with sin. We're tripping ourselves up and weighing ourselves down with the burdens of that which we carry when we hold on to control of areas of our life. That's what we do when we hold on to these things, when we control them. We're bringing yuck mud into, into, into a glory and let me I was when I was preparing the sermon it's not my notes it, it came to me maybe this was my own conviction and I think it was God speaking to me personally and he said you know Dave that which you hold on to and control you use to hurt others around you who you love now my wife and my kids would know what I mean by that so I'm going to say it again so I hear it. I go off these walls and into my head. That which I hold on to and control in my life is that which I will eventually use to hurt those I love. Meaning that my enemy, Satan, will work through that to cause things in me, anxiety, anger, down, weariness, to eventually spill out into my home. Now maybe you're better than me and that don't happen to you. But if that was the case, I wouldn't have tens of thousands of minutes blasting off my cell phone every single month, right? 
We are all in the same place because we all were created by the same God and we all, me and you, need to have Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, yes? Imagine what that would be if you surrendered. Imagine just right now, instead of feeling the anxiety, instead of, feel, instead of thinking fear, just feel the freedom of just saying, that's it, I, I am going to trust. It's not what I want anyway, and it's not going the way I want, and it's really not what I dream and what it should be. So why don't you just kick it out then? Right? You are meant for more. You were created for more. Why don't you just say, you know, that's it. Lord God, I know and you know what it means to just let go and trust in you. And I'm doing that now, today, this Christmas. This is going to be the greatest Christmas ever in my home, in my life, because I am going to surrender all to you. And right here, that one there, that's going this Christmas. huh? That's my Christmas gift to you. You say, some of you might say, well, you know, Dave, I'm having a little bit of a hard time, you know, kind of. Well, you know, it's kind of unclear, like, what area should I, you know, what, where is it? What is it that, you know, that area that's kind of, I'm keeping control over? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you how to identify it. It's the area that's causing the most stress, the most anxiety, the most burden, the most pain, and the most sadness in your life. It's the one that wakes you up in the morning, and it's the one that's still with you when you go to sleep. It hounds you, it dogs you, it's attached to everything. Even when you see a gladness or a joy, it's kicking around out there. It just, it deflates you. It's all over you, man. That's it right there. And in Jesus' name today, just take it and say, hey God, here's my gift to you this Christmas, bam. Right here. No more. I'm turning this over to you. I'm surrendering it to you. I am trusting in my Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Turn it over to God. So look, and you need to know that. Don't think you're going to give something to God and he's going to give you back junk and gunk. Don't think that you're losing anything. You're only gaining. You're gaining you need to just believe that right now, that in that moment that you are doing that, literally the heavens are rejoicing, hell is shaking, okay? And your life is changing for the better in that moment, that very moment, your life is now unfolding in a wonderful way. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord, the Lord, with all your heart, not part, not purport, all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. See, that's our understanding, I didn't say, it's logical, it's reasonable. Well, you don't understand what, what my bills are. Oh, you don't understand what happened to me in my life. You know what? I, man, call me up. We'll sit down. We'll chat. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, kinda, I've, I've had a very seasoned life. But all I said, right now, we might be in different places. But look, I'm not saying the way you are thinking is unreasonable. I'm saying it's not spiritual, it's not life-changing, it's not supernatural. It's just your circumstances. Is that what you want to say, this is going to be my life? I'm going to live out my life, this grand, magnificent thing we call life. It's going to be based on my circumstances. Chapter 1, chapter 2, based on chapter 1. Chapter 3, based on chapter... Is that what we're going to do? We're going to gauge out our life, our joy, our happiness, our contentment, our dreams based on right here, right now, our circumstances, where we are, what we need. That's all you got? You were meant for so much more. You were created to do so much more. 
your own understanding will take you away from what you created me. So don't lean on your own understanding. It says, seek his will, God's will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He will guide you. He will lead you. And you will literally, I mean sometimes in minutes, hours, or days, you will begin to see the supernatural provision of God. I've experienced this, and I see this. Once you trust in him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the reason why we struggle to do this is because we just have not known Jesus deeply and intimately. And the reason we don't know him deeply and intimately is because we have not done this. It's a vicious cycle. Whatever it is today, let your grip go on this and trust in him and literally feel yourself leave the ground. Know that you are having a supernatural spiritual moment because in and of yourself, you would never do this. You would not do this apart from God, Holy Spirit, coming in you right now, dwelling in you, and raising up the greater part of you, the God spirit that he breathed into you. You are not alone. God is drawing you, calling you to, awakening you to something greater. And that greater is you making Jesus the Lord of your life. You know, I say that, and I heard when I was preparing for this and listening uh, to teachers, a guy named Craig Rochelle, he makes this statement. And he says, you know, we, really, we don't make Jesus Lord of our life. And it's true. We don't make Jesus Lord of our life. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. From the moment he came to this earth, he was the Lord. Jesus is Lord. But there's a big thing between calling him Lord and surrendering to him as Lord. We don't make him Lord, he is Lord, but we surrender to his lordship. We gladly, willingly, with a, with a sense of freedom and gladness, and, and like just we surrender to that. And we know we're surrendering to a supernatural Savior, a supernatural Lord who's going to carry us and provide for us. Today, surrender to all. This Christmas, surrender to all. Let your wife, your husband, your children, your friends, let you know it's going to be a great Christmas because I am surrendering to Jesus. Take that connection card. Write your name on it. And just write your name, and this is what I'm surrendering. And I will pray for you. We will pray for you. We are a church of transparency. Write it down. We will pray for you. Tell me. Please call me. We will call you. Jesus gives us the gift of eternal life, and our only reasonable response back is take my life in return. It is, the response is, I want a relationship with Jesus. I mean, I want a relationship where I belong to him. I've surrendered to him, and I want to know him deeply and intimately. This is the greatest. Where is she? There you go. Is the greatest relationship in my life Jesus? Yeah. Without question. Is it you? Yeah. No, it's Jesus. Do you really believe that? Yeah. Are you glad for that? Yeah. Are you very happy for that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the greater my relationship with Jesus, it's usually a good thing for you. Yeah. It's a very good thing, isn't it? <laughs> Our relationship with Jesus, to the extent of its intimacy and its closeness, is to the extent how it changes our life. It's what God intended, and that happens when we surrender all areas of our life to him. 
Take that connection card. If you came in here today and you did not know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and today you're saying, I, I want that freedom. I truly want this, a life that, I, that was unthinkable to me. I want to give up trying to make my own way. It's just tiring. It's weary. I, 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 there's got to be more than just this. And there is. And it's right here, right now, today for you that you would have a relationship with Jesus. You have a connection card, and it says on one side, my next step. It's a nice way of saying today you take that step into trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you, that's the relationship you want. And there's a box that says, I have decided to start a new relationship. Parenthetically, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today, I'm doing that. I'm surrendering with all my heart, soul, and mind, gladly, joyously, triumphantly, with great expectation and enthusiasm for what is to come. The best is yet to come. That's what that means. The best is yet to come. And that is amplified to the extent that we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You're going to take that card, check the box off. I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus. I'm starting a new relationship with him and bring it to the guest services table and they'll give you a, a gift, a gift package with, some, with a Bible and some other good information as well as a gift from us. Let's just stand and Let's pray, Father. Oh, God, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for, for lifting our hearts up. Lord, I pray, God, Holy Spirit, that right now this room would be filled with courage, oh, God. Just courage, oh, God, that we would step out of ourselves and lean into you, oh, God, that we would trust you like never before, oh, God, that we would not be looking to protect or provide for just ourselves, but, Lord, we'd be doing it in the way that would glorify you, oh, God, that, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, we would just just pull back, put away anything that we know is hindering our love and our closeness with you, O oh God, that we would trust in you and surrender to you right now. We would submit ourselves to you, O oh God, almighty God. Jesus, we love you, and we want to, to obey you with all our heart, soul, and mind in every area of our life. We need you, Jesus, and we want you first and foremost, Jesus. God, fill us with courage, fill us with wisdom, and right now, fill us with an excitement and an enthusiasm and a sense of your great presence in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen.